You are listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we are discussing the next film in Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe 2022's Thor, Love and Thunder. Joining me for this episode is the Luke Hemsworth to my Melissa McCarthy, a.k.a. <laughs> actor Thor to my actor Hella, Mr. New Mutant himself, Alan White. Father! <laughs> yep, that is correct. Uh, before getting into our discussion, we are still brought to you by Derek Coward and the fine folks over at the Deliberate Noise Network. Head to DeliberateNoise.com for more current and archived shows from the network. Alan, what is it that you are drinking this evening? Mead! <laughs> nice. I've no, had mead before, and it mead. is gross. What is it? I've had it before, and it's gross. I'm not having mead. But I am having honey uh, Tennessee with lemonade. Oh, okay. So I think that's close to mead. It's pretty close. I've had some at a couple of different uh, breweries will make some mead. And it's just sort of like beer if you put a ton of honey in it. Yeah. Is what it's like. And I did not care for that. A ton of honey, not just a little. No, it's just like, it's like, uh, it almost like feels like it's going to stick to your mouth. Like it's just not great. My gosh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it is very sweet. So you would like that. So you would like that. So I've got a special drink for you. Like I said, Um, it is a small drink. Uh, because I've got, and this has been much hyped on the on the show before as something that I should not ever get into, but I've got some <laughs> bullet bourbon, and, it, and it's about three fingers worth of bullet bourbon, and I've got an ice cube in it that is melting away, and then I've got Ooh. a glass of water to uh, to help me out because I don't really care for whiskey much. Uh, the the days of Rachel and I drinking whiskeys and bourbon specifically and and uh becoming friends we'll say uh which is code for uh solving all of the world's issues and and a lot of uh feels and a lot of tears and whatnot were exchanged when we when i get into the whiskey it's usually pretty messy but so that's why i've only got three fingers of it um and truth be told alan i'm still going through the the process of where i'm only really drinking on days that i record uh, and so if I do more than this, I would be in trouble, I, I fear. <laughs> so this is this is what we're going with. And the whole audience is going, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so drink. you can just hear my hear me mush mouth the end of the the end of the episode. That's always that's always crowd pleasing. So that is what we are drinking, that is the film that we're going to be discussing, and once again it is from twenty twenty two and it is Thor. Thor 4, as I like to call it, but Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. 
What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? Well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. She's my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods of Kilm. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise and flick. Oh, you flicked too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, grape. So, the IMDb plot synopsis it is brought to you by Blazer. What did I say? 346? Yeah, that's right. Blazer 346. And it goes like this. After the events of Avengers Endgame, hmm, I don't know about that timeline starting off, Thor now (laughs) sets off on a personal journey of discovering who he is through inner peace. But now Thor is called back into action once more when he takes on a deadly new adversary named Gore the God Butcher, who seeks the extinction of all the gods. To face this new foe, Thor teams with Korg, Valkyrie, and his old flame, Jane Foster, who surprisingly has been bonded with his old hammer, Mjolnir. Well, okay. So not too bad. Not not nearly the sort of uh, mess or train wreck that I was expecting from uh, from good old Blazer. But uh, you know, a couple of things were maybe left out in terms of um, the why Jane is uh, needing to have Mjolnir. What uh, you know, there, there's no mention of uh, going to see Russell Crowe or anything like that. So, anywho, Alan, why don't you tell me about Ooh. your uh, your experience going to see this movie in the theater. What did you think of this? Well, always with a lot of enthusiasm to see the big marvels. <laughs> um, so um, that's that going in. And then being there and listening and watching and sitting and then it's over had me thinking... Mm, come on, y'all. Y'all could do, y'all could, we could do, you, you can do a little better than this. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's, that, for for so anybody that may be listening for the first time, that is like as negative as Alan gets when it comes <laughs> yeah. to Marvel is, y'all can do better than that. <laughs> y'all can do a little, little better than that. Come on. Yeah, it it had these, it had a bunch of comedic notes that helped um, dilute the drama for me, mm-hmm. because I have read the Thors in the in the six one six comic book generation um, for the last 
Oh, I don't know. Ever since Jason Aaron took over. Oh, Jason okay. Aaron. So you saw right. the like the Assad Rubik moment where that was basically directly taken. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, and um, including Jane's uh, journey into mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. cancer mm -hmm. and the uh, impact that that had on me was surprising for mm -hmm. me okay. because I. I am a man who had a mom who um, became ill with cancer, mm -hmm. and I was her caregiver for a bit until she passed. So I know this degeneration, and I know this um, I know this uh, experience um, secondhand, not firsthand, of course, but secondhand. And when I saw Jane Foster going through it in the comic books, and the way she was drawn. Hmm. which was also with no hair and sunken eye sockets and just pencil neck and just all sorts of degenerated. I was like moved, moved, like mm -hmm. moved, moved, moved. And I did. I mean, it's a PG-13 movie. I don't know if I expected it to go that far, but I, I, I wanted less comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. from from this movie mm -hmm. so when it kept throwing comedy at me uh it kept throwing me off i guess my expectations possibly were set on stun and it was just tickle instead yeah so um the cancer thing was interesting too um uh, my dad had cancer and is cancer free uh currently oh, Good, 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 good. And, but that was, you know, that's a scary time for many, many people uh, when that sort of thing happens. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of felt like I was shortchanged in that storyline. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of those things. And I mean, I am, I am probably the, the, the person that Taika Waititi is not looking towards to get notes on his films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Thor Ragnarok because it was different mm -hmm. because it was them going all the way and like, you know what? Yeah, let's do a comedy. Sure. We'll have dramatic bits, but we're going to have a comedy with Thor, but then to do it again and you already sort of know the, the beats that they're going to hit mm -hmm. and you find out pretty quick. And instead of it being like one-offs they just go with with runner style jokes with mjolnir versus uh stormbreaker and korg doing his stuff and and the goats screaming and it's just like they just kept hitting those beats uh to where it wasn't a thing where i was like oh funny look at this person that i thought was so serious in the books look at how silly they are now um which was my initial reaction to korg you know when you saw him in the world war hulk type thing mm. um so anyway, so I thought that this was a pretty big swing and a miss for me. Um, there were three things that I thought that it took seriously. It was gore. Yeah. It was Jane Foster's cancer when they allowed her the time to do this. Mm -hmm. And Chris Hemsworth's physique. Those were the three. <laughs> those were the three things that were taken seriously. Um, the rest of it, there were times where. It sort of like my, um, we didn't do an episode on this because I was so down on it, but it's sort of like my, uh, 
my spider my spider-man no way home uh mm-hmm. thoughts is that for some of this it looks like it was a saturday night live skit and it looks no way like home was like that for you the one with whatever the one with toby mcguire is yeah the last one the, yeah no way home right mm-hmm. yeah that especially when they were getting jamie fox and doc ock together yeah that looked like an snl skit to me well, and I was like, this looks like this was made for five bucks. Like you, I cannot believe that any of these actors were in the same location and it's all just, we'll just shoot you and we'll have someone off screen saying the lines and then we'll just piece it together. And it just looked like it was, um, shot during COVID basically is what it looked like. And here I felt like this was, uh, this was just like the wrong, I felt like this was the wrong material for the wrong, for the wrong director in that. I feel like Taika Waititi likes to be pretty, um, like self-aware of the movies that he makes. And, uh, he likes to, uh, basically undercut everything that he strives for emotionally with some sort of joke. And I think that that's fine, but I don't think that it always works with all of the different, all of the different pieces. Like we get, we get the introduction with gore and, I don't know who he is, but he's like, I haven't read the Jason Aaron um, Thor books, but I know the name Gore, the, the God butcher. I know the, the imagery, like I've seen, I've seen the covers and some of the images, especially when this was coming out, um, the, the sort of side by sides. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a connection with the character. And so when he's, he shows up and he's suffering like beat one, he's suffering. <laughs> and, and I'm like, really? well, yeah, and he's and it looks and looks rough, right? And I'm like, well, okay, I I don't know who this is, but I I'm gonna try to get to this point as quick as I can. I'm trying to empathize with this character, but it's like he, you know, Bale and and uh, what's basically uh, isn't it Chris Hemsworth's daughter? In real life. In yeah. real life, yeah. Um, they're at, Rose. Yeah, they're at like a they're at like an eight like when we open the movie. And so it's tough for the audience to like jump to that level of their suffering like that quickly. Mm. Um, and so I was, I tried and so I'm like, okay. And so then we get to the, we get to the mirage where the God is or whatever the, whatever the little God's forest thing is. Mm-hmm. And we get in there and we get like pieces of things that I thought were really good. Like I love the idea of him being seduced and controlled by this, evil force because he's been abandoned by this god that he knew and i knew that this is a this was about jane foster and i knew that she had gone through uh, breast cancer in the books Mm -hmm. and so i'm like oh interesting what if they use this and they pair this with jane's cancer and they make like something that that feels real out of this story Mm -hmm. because you know she could be upset about you know why her and and so on Mm -hmm. um but instead like as soon as the guy in the the half son, the God character, as soon as he shows up and starts like mugging at the camera and doing a little head nod and and waggle, I'm yeah. like I'm like uh oh uh oh <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like they're gonna have this mashup of really darkly serious with oh aren't we cute kind of comedy and that I have to be in a very very specific mood for that to work I guess mm. or I have to not expect it. Um, because it just, that didn't work for me. And then I was like, well, they're taking the gore and the et- eternity stuff seriously. And so that was, that was my favorite stuff. 
Um, Jane sort of, you know, this is one of my my later notes, but uh, Natalie Portman never ceases to amaze me at how well she plays broken. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. To where she has moments here where she, you know, she's in the hospital and, and Thor's upset and she's trying to, like, uh, be brave and not break down in front of him kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then she has to come save the day and, and uh, what have you. And she's doing a lot of, like, pr- side profile sort of looks. Mm. And each time she does that stuff, it gives me goosebumps. Mm. And I think that it's just because of the way that she's able to play vulnerability uh, on screen. And I think that whether she's in Black Swan or Jackie or Annihilation and not so much the Star Wars movies to where I think that's probably what they were hoping to get. But that 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 was a whole mess, the whole uh, prequels. But in most everything else, whenever she's uh, having to play. Uh, broken and vulnerable, she's able to do it, or she's able to do it. Leon the Professional is the other one that I would say her first uh, her first film when she was like but eleven, like eleven. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she's she's playing the abandoned child that you know yearns for a father figure type. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I thought I thought that there was moments of this that were wonderful, and then I was like, I just I don't. I, it, this is funny question like i don't know like mm. there was parts that it just didn't it just didn't work and i i didn't like it when they were undercutting a lot of the serious stuff with dumb jokes and yeah we have a cast list that's like five thousand people long it felt like because if it, it felt like oh we got to get darcy in there we got to get stellan skarsgård in there we got to get the repeat with uh matt damon even though i liked that scene which is why i mentioned it um but we got to get Sam Neill and Melissa McCarthy and Luke Hemsworth and Matt Damon all playing the actor versions of, uh, of people. And I think that that's cute, but at the end of the day, it's like, are we here to be cute? Are we here to like tell a story? Like, what are we doing? Like, what is, what is the the purpose of what we're doing? Like, are we telling the story about God's abandoning us? Then do that with yes, Jane yes. Foster and Gore being, emotionally on the same side and have them go against Thor and have him try to pull her out of that, out of his sort of depths of his uh, emotional state. And I was like, God, I would never think that I would be the one saying, if you're going to be like, go darker so you can be more hopeful by the end of the movie is what I wanted. Is what I wanted. Yeah. Because I was like, it's a superhero movie. I know what tone they're striving for. So it's not like they're going to play this dead serious. It's not like it's going to be, you know, a a Batman begins or what have you with, with Bale. So I was like, all right, he's going to be the way that he is always. He's always going to be like the most grounded, serious, real person in, in every scene. So it's like, well, I don't know. I just wanted them to, I just wanted them. Yeah. Play to his strength. I just wanted him to, I just wanted him and her to emotionally connect because they were, they were emotionally on the same side and they never even brought it up. And I was so frustrated by that. Not for her. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't bring up anything about her faith or her, her scope of what it's going to be like to be dead. Yeah. Nothing yeah, like, because they bring, he brings it up to Valkyrie, but there's never like a sense of she's, she's been abandoned. So she's going, going to join him or anything like that. It's just, question, he just yeah, brings yeah. it up. He just brings it up when they're being damsels, which is a moment I didn't love when they were both tied up and bound. And, and I'm like, uh, 
okay, let the two dudes talk while the girls are just bound up in the background. I was like, uh, I don't know about that. And well, then they got him too. They, they, he um, he got a good slime gag as well. Mm-hmm. Thor did. They, that I I thought of that as the bondage moment. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's always some um, reason to tie <laughs> tie Thor up and make him suffer for something. <laughs> Yeah, because he likes to he does like to do that because in Ragnarok we had the opening scene and then in this one we all we also have the Zeus scene where he's bound. Yeah, he he gives good neck veins. <laughs> yeah, he gives a good a lot of stuff in this movie. And and forehead veins and that kind of <laughs> straining. And what's funny is in the scenes where he's with uh, Russell Crowe who plays uh, who plays Zeus. This is a big spoilers by the way in case anyone's tuning in going what the fuck's going on with this movie. Uh, yeah, I'm spo- I've spoiled it several times already. But uh, when he's playing against Russell Crowe, the, their head sizes are so different. It's like one of those things that I couldn't not look at. Because <laughs> Russell Crowe has a humongous head. and But in contrast, Chris Hemsworth does not. Like his shoulders are so big, it makes his head look small. So maybe it makes his head look, look small, but it's not smaller yeah but as they kept cutting between the two it looked like <laughs> russell crowe's head was enormous and as someone with a big head i was like "Ooh, i'm 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 sympathizing <laughs> with you here russell <laughs> well what about when they brought russell close to thor and he was and thor was naked when russell got that close to him i'm thinking oh just kiss mm-hmm. go ahead mm-hmm. just well go. especially especially the way that he was playing it with like his he flips up his his uh tutu or whatever he has on uh, before he goes down the stairs. Oh, his own, yeah. Yeah, his own, yeah. Toga. His toga. Well, it was like a skirt toga. Oh, okay. Because he had that chest plate on, and then it, the toga was just really short if it was underneath oh, the chest yeah. plate. That's that's Greek Greek fashion, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, you got to get with it. I'm from America, so I don't know that Greek fashion, Alan. I'm from the <laughs> Midwest, so I don't get it. I'm all about <laughs> overalls and flannel here, you know? What did you... <laughs> Since we're talking about Thor's nakedness, uh-huh. the that city, omnipotent city, I feel like that was a rewrite for some reason. Yeah, that was the thing. That's the part where I felt like it was just almost a hundred percent shot on a green a green stage. Oh well, sure that. And they're but, just like, we're just gonna goof around and fill in why, some stuff. Yeah, why wasn't it just Olympus? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it was uh, not Olympics because you had the nods to like um, to Moon Knight and Wakanda and uh, yeah the Wakandan gods and all that kind of stuff. I didn't see them? Did you see them? I didn't see them. I looked at the trivia before we started, and they were supposedly in the background. No, uh, why didn't they get named? Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. Be, me being the the continuity nerd that I am. You know how I am with uh, the cosmology of the movies. Mm-hmm. Already confused about the, the comic books, but I accept it because it's been such a long line of such a such a lengthy. I've had such a lengthy exposure to what gods are in the comics and exploring them and all this stuff. And they are called gods still. They're not so much called aliens. So in this movie, when they're introducing us to a whole city full of gods. Mm-hmm. My first question is, are they gods or are they all just big aliens for one? But they keep calling them gods. Secondly, 
How is Thor so impressed by Zeus? <laughs> he looked up to him, remember? That's what he says. But why? He, he is the son of Odin. <laughs> and Odin is supposed to be an all-father. Mm-hmm. Which is the equivalent of Zeus in another pantheon. So now I'm asking myself, how, what, how, how are the pantheons being stacked? against each other or with each other or are they intertwined with each other like did odin and zeus ever hang out or i it got so confusing for me so i didn't understand thor's hero worship of zeus to begin with and why is zeus in this city out there somewhere since zeus was named Zeus by Earth people. Like, what is his actual name then? Or did he, was his name <laughs> Zeus in his language? And then he came to Earth and introduced the Greek language to, he, I hate it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that they, I thought that they tried, this is one of the things where I, when I saw this, I paused it because I was like, oh, I gotta write this down. This is when, uh, so they're in Omnipotent City and, uh, that's sort of like the thing on um, in Avatar where it's called uh, what is it called the unobtainium is what the, oh, the metals are, yes. <laughs> right that they have to get. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of like that. You're where you're like omnipotent city. Like oh, okay, I wonder what they can do there. Oh, everything, anything, super clever. <laughs> uh, but I do like the idea of someone writing that down and it's like fucking nailed it. <laughs> like I'm done writing for today. I fucking nailed that one. Um, <laughs> But I, when they when Zeus says that they don't meddle in other people's business, right? Like he just killed a couple of lesser gods, no big deal. And then he says that uh, basically each god takes care of their own people. I was like, oh, okay, this is trying to explain how there's so many and how they're all uh, equal but not equal, just equal depending on what the story needs it to be, kind of a situation. So who did the Asgardians? Who were the Asgardians supposed to take care of? Uh, the people on Asgard. Only. Yeah, only. Except Asgardians. Asgard and, well, and and is a mythos that was come up from the Norse people. So are well, they? They were. They they're were, only supposed to take care of themselves, or they take care of the Norse people. Well, it's like Asgard and and Midgard and all of the different worlds and realms is who Asgard's supposed to take care of, right? Okay, the the ice trolls, yeah, and the yeah, yeah. Dwarves, the fire dwarves, all of them, and all of Earth then. Yes, because Earth is Midgard, not just the Norse. Exactly, and then also, so the the Greek gods, they also got <laughs> Midgard See covered, which is which is interesting because then also you know, um, Bast, Wakanda's goddess, also right. has Earth. <laughs> right. Egyptian god. And, Isis also and has her. Khonshu, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I found the thing. It says uh, Wakanda's goddess Bast and uh, uh, Talakan's god, and I don't know how to say that, uh, are both sitting in the front of Thor and friends. And then Isis, the Egyptian goddess of magic, can be seen in her true form in Omnipotent City after appearing through her avatar in Moon Knight. Um. So... Apparently they're they're in there somewhere. Uh, the okay. boss, boss one and uh, the Talokan, or however you say it, is that's, that, 
Is that Namor's guy? That must be, and since I haven't watched uh, Wakanda Forever, I haven't heard it spoken yet. So. Okay. Uh, but anyway, those are the ones that are supposedly sitting right in front of Thor and company. Well, I needed a little bit better identification of said things because when I, if I think of Bast, I'm thinking of a black cat. Yeah, you couldn't or have got like a, a you know the cat face. Jane cat is head. Jane is so fascinated with science, and again, you couldn't have had her have this like crisis of faith sort of a thing, like to right. where she can't under she can't explain all of this via science. Right. And so she has to start either believing or not believing. Well, can she believe if a god would do this to her physically? You know, that's the that's the story that I want with God, with gore mm. uh, instead of all of the the comedy stuff that it was thrown in there. But I felt like they could have really made an interesting uh, story about her sort of fighting her own faith. But it would have also been a, a chance for her to be a little Darcy like to where she would have been like. Who's this? Who's this? And Valkyrie's right there doing nothing to mm-hmm. say, oh, that's Egypt's God. That's this is God. That's and yeah. then she could say, well, how the hell are there so many? You know, and yes. they could go on from there. Right, right, right. <sighs> Alan, have we ever said this early in the show that we're both uh, for hire? If, if anyone wants to hire us to, I to thought, do this. I thought it was out there. I thought <laughs> they all knew. I'll just reiterate. But in, in the comics, while Jane is suffering, the reason, I mean, at least the way they rolled it out was they showed uh, Lady Thor. They showed female Thor first mm. with, with her long blonde hair before because Thor had already been um, he had already been messed up. He had already lost his arm. He had already lost Mjolnir. He was already in despair. And then here comes New Thor, who was a woman with long blonde hair, and it was posed to the readers, who is this Thor? And, and they had uh, Jane. <laughs> well, I mean, instantly you would think that's who it's going. That's who it has to be because there was a what if mm. in the seventies, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like maybe it was even the second what if issue ever. I don't I don't remember, and I didn't look it up because I'm a slacker. <laughs> but and it was called What If Jane Foster What If Jane Foster Had Found the Hammer of Thor, and so it was it was on the covers, and I read it, but I don't remember any about it. But on the cover, there is there is the female Thor looking just like Thor, except she's a female, and with long blonde hair female shape but she's wearing thor's togs Mm. so when we so here in in the quote modern era unquote when there was a blonde female thor my mind went directly back to the what if and so it's jane foster right but in the storyline there was a couple of females that was in was prominent in the story uh as all the pieces were being put together so you don't know if it's if it's Jane, plus you see Jane um, debilitated with cancer. Mm. So it's like, well, how could it be Jane after all? Because look, here's Jane and look at how she looks. But then but again, if you read like the Donald Blake stuff, exactly. You're like, yeah. Donald, Bla- Donald Blake had a, had a limp. Mm-hmm. So it, it could very well be somebody that was sick. Walking around with a big old stick. Mm hmm. And just just wrap it on the ground and boom. <laughs> That's something that you didn't you don't see much in in modern uh, modern day life. Dudes just walking around with sticks. Unless it's a pimp cane. 
Well, maybe that's a New York thing. That's not a Lincoln, Nebraska thing. <laughs> I believe that. And you know what? Good on you, Nebraska. You yeah. got one of us. That's right. We need uh, less pet canes in existence. So us. one of the things that I put on here, since we're on this topic, is uh, so Jane is healthy. That equals her dyeing her hair and being blonde. <laughs> like blonde equals health. Brunette equals sick. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> blonde blonde equals health and bad wig equals sick. Ooh boy. I'm sorry, Ooh, but it's boy. Just, oh, now I saw they they oh, it, <laughs> Natalie Portman is known for having a shaved head in a dramatic role. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. And so I guess maybe she was just like, oh, not this time. I'm not doing it in this one. Guess what? I'm but, established. I'm not doing it now. But it's not so far up, out of the pale that she could have shown those locks for the sick thing. But I, but it's clear that that wasn't what Taika Waititi was hated for, was trying to do. He didn't want the sick to be too overpowering, I guess. But it, it, it could have been a lot more. Yeah, it seems like a thing where... He, he had to have like a meeting with her and say it's it's not that deep <laughs> like we're not we're not going for it that hard well he didn't have that message he didn't have that meeting with christian bale well christian bale i don't think he i think he's sort of an unstoppable force kind of a guy <laughs> <laughs> because yeah he didn't he didn't i mean christian bale is known for uh yo-yoing with weight but he did not look his uh most fit mm. in this um not quite think- to the to the machinist level to where yeah, he looks oh, like a skeleton God. but uh Jeez. but yeah he looked he looked rough in this i thought yeah that makeup though that's mm-hmm. what that, that makeup for me and at the end when yeah so like you said we're spoiling it all this this part was also um just a little bit confusing for me as well mm-hmm. that gore um he he got the necro sword, so now he has the power to do something about the god that turned against him when he was when he was in the desert looking for. And my question was, was he always looking for this god with his daughter? And she died before he found the god, and then he finds the god, and then the god just conveniently <laughs> happens to have oh have had a vanquish. Uh, of somebody that had the sword that could kill him, and mm-hmm. he tells that to the little follower that he is taunting. <laughs> so that wasn't really smart of Well, he's a god. He's egotistical. And so he gave the the, the little peon that he was taunting uh, the means to his destruction, and the, the sword said, yeah, I'll do it. Here I come. I'll jump in your hand. Kill this guy. Let's do it. Who He bled gold mm-hmm. when he got stabbed under the neck and then in um, i mean jumping forward in omnipotent city when thor and valkyrie and jane thor was fighting did you notice that those guards were all bleeding the same kind of golden blood i sure did because i noticed that uh valkyrie was like trying to man when tessa thompson goes for something like that when she's like in the midst of a fight scene she is the only thing worth watching in some of those moments because there that gold is going everywhere and she's like she's like almost losing herself to the fight kind of a thing you know and like you would you would read like a an old 
like a Wolverine issue, and he would sort of lose himself to like the beast inside or what have you. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way that that's what energy she gives during a lot of those moments to where she like wants that gold all over her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, God damn! Like, see, like it just seemed like everyone was doing different things in different scenes, mm. and in different like there was no sort of tone meeting or something. Mm-hmm. But so, since. Since he got the Necrosword and, and decided in that moment that all the gods need to die, he directly goes to New Asgard and starts and, – and, and I don't know what he does. He, he stabs the ground and the ground spreads shadows and the shadows become shadow monsters and the shadow monsters start to attack the people in New Asgard. Uh-huh. But his ultimate goal was to snatch all the children up. Well, he he needed to lure Thor to his place so that he could use Stormbreaker's ability to do the portal okay. deal to get to yeah. Eternity. Yeah. And so he knew that if he got the kids, then he would follow him. But you know, there was a scene in that fight where he had Thor uh-huh. up against a car yep. with the Necro Sword under Thor's neck and he like almost poked him a little or he like pokes him a little bit yeah now if he would have just run the sword up through thor's skull at that moment he could have had stormbringer right then and there Mm -hmm. just take the thing go open the thing and then make your wish well is he able to is he able to open it is he able to use it i don't why not well i don't know i thought it was like a thor specific thing i thought when no, because when when Thor and Valkyrie and Jane Thor fought him three times, mm-hmm. losing each time, and they finally went away. They finally escaped after Valkyrie got stabbed in her kidney, and Jane said, "We have to take her out of here." And Thor opened the portal to get back to New Asgard. And they started going up in the Rainbow Bridge, I suppose, tunnel. Then Gore snatched Stormbreaker, and there was that tug of war, and Thor lost, okay, for the fourth time. And they <laughs> landed in New New Asgard, and he had the he had Stormbreaker. Then Gore had Stormbreaker. And then he walked to his dark palace and planted it and started the process of opening oh, yeah. up. Oh, that's right. You're right, yeah. So he didn't need Thor at all. And that was another weird thing that it was like, conveniently, it took a certain amount of time to mm-hmm. open the deal to eternity. Yes. And ex- okay, so explain this to me since we're since we're talking about some spoiler stuff. So he goes to this eternity, uh, like Windows Seven screensaver looking place <laughs> with all the clouds, right? And, and he gets in there, and we get the the sort of the only drawing of Eternity I've ever seen. Basically, is the same pose. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get that, and then he's there with his daughter, mm-hmm. and Thor's there with Jane, and then he doesn't get his daughter yet. Okay, well, explain to me how the daughter comes back and and then is alive. That was his wish. 
And that was, that was his last wish. His first wish was going to be, well, they all assumed that because he's called the God Butcher, uh-huh. if he were to get the key, they first called it the key. They didn't say it was Stormbreaker to begin with. Uh-huh. They thought that he was just in there. He was, I don't know what they thought, but they knew that if he got the key to get, um, to open the portal to eternity, then he would make a wish. And they said, well, what is a man named the, the oh, what is the god? But the god butcher, butcher wish for wish it, yeah. So they said, well, we, we've got to stop him, and they proceeded to try to stop him. Well, they first wanted to go to not Olympus to get a god army to help fight Gore, but as we mentioned, Russell Crowe was an asshole. <laughs> So they didn't get that, but they did get the thunderbolt of of, of Zeus, Zeus, yeah, for no reason. <laughs> Which it was to give it was to give both Valkyrie a weapon to fight off Gore with, and for Thor to have a weapon later. Yeah, all of that didn't stop the. Um, but none they, of that stopped. Anything. But it, it, they also needed a way for Thor to get to where. Gore was, because the, he uses the thunderbolt to to do it, to transport he, himself when he goes by he, himself. If you say so, yeah. I don't remember that. I thought it was always Stormbreaker. It was always Stormbreaker. Well, it, that's what I thought. But then he's after he breaks up the vending machine and and tells Jane to stay and tells Valkyrie to stay. He whips mm. out the thunderbolt and then that's how he does it. Okay, all right, fair. And so you. I'm like, oh, okay. So they're so they could have just used the thunderbolt, also, I guess. Yes, when they first got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll t- I'll I'll go into what I did like, but your, to your question, so they thought he was going to wish all the gods dead, and when he finally won the very last battle and got through the portal that was open anyway, mm-hmm. like they kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and they had the kids fighting and everybody's fighting, but the portal is wide open. Mm-hmm. At that point where they're all fighting. So Gorp goes through it, and Thor goes through it, and when Jane goes through it, she reverts back to her cancer-ridden self. Mm-hmm. Wig so, Jane. So yeah, so, so Thor has already pledged his love to her, and discovers that she's dying, and says he's going to stand by her, and tells her not to turn into Thor anymore because it's killing her. And she says she won't. And then Thor gets his ass hooked by Gore. So Mjolnir is hovering by Jane in her hospital bed like, are we going to do this or what? Like, is we going to let my mans get out there and get killed? Or is you going to come with me? Like, what's, <laughs> what's, what, what are we going to do here? Because that's how I interpreted it anyway. And Jane was like, bet. Let's go. We're going. <laughs> There's the bet. <laughs> yes. So, so she showed up. And they still lost. That's what I'm saying. They still lost. And Gore still went through the portal. Mm-hmm. And so finally Thor is like, okay, you know what? You've won. You've won. So go ahead and make your wish. But you've been looking for one thing. You haven't been looking for revenge. You've been looking for love all this time, haven't you? And Gore's like, oh, yeah. I want, actually, I want my daughter back. And that's what he wished for instead of all the gods to die. And then that's how she came back. Mm, okay. And it cost Gore his life, evidently. He, I guess the power of the wish killed him. Yeah. So I, that, was, that was the part that was kind of fuzzy to me, I guess. Because now that I hear it, it makes sense. But I'm just kind of like, 
because I, I got done watching this like an hour ago and I don't I couldn't have told you that's how it ended because I was like wait a minute why is she here was, did I not have this turned up all the way so I don't know uh, so yeah so tell me about what tell me about the things that worked for you I was surprised about the kids I thought that was cute okay so related to that I put boy oh boy is the soundtrack doing a lot of work here ah because that moment where he does the 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 what is it called like the world tree or whatever to give uh, all the kids that's uh, the, yeah that's the shape that goes out it looked like it yeah um, mention it so he does that thing and then they all have the deal and then Guns and Roses comes back in yeah and that part I thought was actually really good <laughs> oh, okay 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 I just got tired of Guns and Roses oh well, yes I don't know what that it's like does somebody know somebody in here because we got like oh man we had we had uh idris elba's kid heimdall's mm. kid was talking about axel rose yeah and we had like three or four songs plus the end credit song mm-hmm. yeah when the when they escaped um occidental city what's it called omnipotent city mm-hmm. when they when they escaped omnipotent city mm-hmm. um and the goats came screaming in there was Axl Rose screaming on his axe or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. And then, yeah, when they got all the powers, Axl Rose had his time mm-hmm. and yep. He, um, Heimdall's son is named Astrid. I right. remember. And he didn't like that name. He wanted to be called Axel. So they called him Axel. Right. A- after Axel Rose. Every time so. I hear Astrid, it makes me think of the episode of the office where, um, they spell the name wrong. So it's Astrid. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> like, you named your daughter Astrid. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's Astrid. I um, Pretty good. Um, secondhand laughing on my part. Yeah. So, so some of the stuff that I thought was good was I liked that... <sighs> I liked that... Hmm... Like I said, I, I, th- <laughs> I thought we had a lot of good musical cues. I thought that they really sort of leaned into that. Um, you know, they did Zeppelin in, in Ragnarok. And so they hear, they're like, you know what? We're just going to do, we're going to lean into this sort of like 80s um, fonts Hair that they pedal. used in the end credits. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all like markers and, and uh, 80s fonts and what have you. So they're like, we're going to lean into the 80s and we're going to just go Guns N' Roses. Um, I thought that there was some moments like the kids fighting, like Natalie Portman, knowing that she wasn't going to make it and showing up anyway, mm. that got me like surprisingly choked up oh. when that came in. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm I, <laughs> like for much for much of it, I was struggling. And then there was parts like that that would really get me. Mm. Um, I thought that the the sort of look of gore and the way that. Um, it's sort of the way that Bale was like, like over enunciating almost like he was, oh, yeah. o- like he was opening his mouth more than you would normally showing all those black teeth. Yeah. It was the way that he was doing that. I was like, God, this is disturbing and good. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so there was, there was like pieces here and there that I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good. I like the idea of one of my favorite things is I like the idea of either a power that corrupts or a power that is going to kill you and the, the choices of when to use them. Mm. Um, so I think that that's really interesting where I kind of struggle is 
so in new asgard when thor shows up and valkyrie's like oh hey look who's here and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, they're like oh yeah you're gonna like her or whatever mm-hmm. uh with the introduction i thought that the introduction to her was fine i thought that uh natalie portman looked really good as as a muscle bound version of her mm-hmm. uh some of the things that were cute that i read was about her having to stand on apple boxes because she's a good um, foot shorter than Chris Hemsworth in real life. Oh, okay. And, and so they had, they literally had uh, platforms for her to stand on and walk on okay. to make it seem like she was taller in, in those scenes. Um, specifically like in the like, conference hall area where Tessa Thompson's there too. Okay. She's like significantly taller than Tessa Thompson. And then later in the movie, she's like the same height as, temp- as Tessa Thompson. Okay. And like, uh, whoops, someone in continuity <laughs> missed that. Um, but anyway, so I liked uh, I liked some of that, but when we got those creatures and we got sort of them just causing a distraction for Gore to get there and not kill Thor, yeah. um, I was like, what is what is the threat of any of this? Was kind of my struggle mm. because when they're fighting, there's no like actual threat to them losing to these sort of uh, shapeless whatever the villains are, just kind of like these. Shadow monsters. Yeah, these shadow monsters that are sort of spider-legged like at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, my my issue when it comes to, to Marvel and to some of these type of characters in DC is what's the threat of them losing? Right? Like, so, that's why I prefer characters that are more Captain America-like to where it's, you know, the, it's like a dude that's trying to do this. And and I something stood out to me this time that didn't stand out last time was the was one line that said we've lost half our warriors mm. when they were sending um, Thor off with Valkyrie and and Jane Thor to go and recruit an army of gods. Um, they said we've lost half our warriors. I didn't see anybody die no. in that fight, but evidently they did. And that was the threat, right? That yeah. they're in the town and they're fighting the adults, the new, the new Asgardians, and they're killing them. But we didn't see them. We didn't see anybody die. Yeah. And then when they snatched the kids, you know, if we would have seen people die, and then the kids started getting snatched out of the houses, then it would have been like, oh my god, like you're gonna kill the kids too? Like you done turned this up to eleven? But no. We didn't see any deaths. It was only said in a line. Right. And so I would have, I would have even gone for a thing where it's like you, um, knock down a building that's got people in it still sort of a thing where you don't actually have to like show, uh, people getting killed, but the impression is the same, mm-hmm. um, to where, or, or then you get a, a look on Jane Thor's face of, Oh shit. Like we're fucking this up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're not doing as good as we could be. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get any of that. They're they're you know flirting and talking, which is fine, but it was like again a tonal thing, because yeah. I can't have you like, oh hey yeah it's been eight years you know they had the the blip timeline where it's been three years it's been eight years. <gasps> I didn't even get that. Yeah. Oh Alan, come on! I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, because she says it's only been three, and he's like, no, it's been eight years. Blah blah blah. So she got blipped. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Yeah. Okay. 
So anyway, so if but they're they're doing that sort of meet cute stuff, and it just felt like there was too much story that they were trying to do here, and they just didn't have time for it. So you yeah. get these harsh cuts between tones. Yeah, I think that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, and so what I was saying about the kids, I I liked the innovation of Axel. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. at first I didn't. You know, they didn't twig. I don't remember them making a clear statement that that boy was Heimdall's son. He was this woman's son, and he was one of the kids that got snatched. And then when his little astral face showed up trying to talk to somebody to help him, and it wound up being Thor, and his eyes turned out to be this kind of glassy orange, and then he, and then. Um, he was called Astrid. I was like, why is this boy able to do the Oh, oh, shit! <laughs> it's Heimdall's son. That's what Heimdall can do. He can do what Heimdall does. His father, he's a mutant. I so like I, was, I, I was happy with that. Um, and and then in the, and at the end, um, to rescue the kids, Thor threw Stormbreaker to Axel, mm-hmm. and Axel slammed Stormbreaker down and th- summoned the Rainbow Bridge, like, like Heimdall, Heimdall yeah. used to do. So I was like, all right. Now that, I appreciate that very much. You know what I could have used at the very end of the movie? Is oh. I felt like, give me the girl off on her own, Gore's daughter. Mm. Or doing whatever it is that she's doing, figuring out her own way, mm-hmm. and then give me this Axel kid being the the new hero with Thor. Oh, because he's already as guardian. Yes, he's already shown that he can handle himself. So have him go on like a little co mission. I, I, I would have liked that as opposed to I get that it's his daughter in real life, but it's like. That, again, was a tonal thing. It's like, we just saw Jane die, and now you're giving me this little kid busting up a frying pan and, like, running around yeah. trying to kill these things. I was like, I just can't I just can't be invested in all of those tones. Yeah, it was all over the place. It was. But the question that I'll have is, for your listeners, mm-hmm. is, do, do, is there an audience for all those different tones? Is, is there, like, an audience that just... Does it need one steady beat in or two major beats, but loves to jump from comedy <laughs> to oh tragedy mm, to fear to mm, boredom to romance <laughs> to like all over? Is there people that just love that and is like I don't know what you guys are talking about? That was awesome. Mm. Oh, you know what? I know one person who's probably saying that was awesome. What's his initials? M M. <laughs> oh, who's this then? He is Mike Myers. I thought you were gonna say Daryl. No, it's Mike Myers. Mike Myers loves them all, and mm. I'm not mad at him. It the, to have that, and I was I thought I was gonna be Mike Myers, but <laughs> I have I get once or twice I get one that, that sneaks up underneath my armor and it's like. Oh, no. This or, one and, or, and uh, Eternals have been the only two where you've been kind of like, nah, I don't know. 
and 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 I appreciated Eternals a little more because its tone was was more steady. Mm-hmm. It was it was dire in places. It was just again that big scope of cosmology. <laughs> yeah, that is just puts me off. And it was ten episodes in two hours. Not and I'd sure. rather I'd rather have I would rather have them just kind of slow down and for instance as you introduced this, this um a movie in phase four mm-hmm. um I don't know what the phases are for <laughs> what are the, what's the use of having phases at all because I I thought well what was phase one. Uh, that was just the introduction to everybody up until the first Avengers movie. Okay. So your Iron Man, your Thor, Thor. Iron Man two, Hulk, uh, Captain okay. America, the first Avenger, the first Avenger, yeah, and then culminating in in the Avengers. in the Avengers, yeah. Okay, yes. So Phase One was about building the Avengers. Mm-hmm introducing them individually in their own movie and giving a little germ of they're going to come together. Mm-hmm. And then they come together and we have Avengers. Yes. And then from Avengers to Endgame is what I feel like was a phase, but it can't be. There has to be two phases there somewhere. Yeah, because isn't it the original Avengers is where you get introduced to the to Thanos' throne? Yes, yes, and yes. So that's so. In reality, everything up to Endgame was one real phase. I would think so. Yeah, I would one hundred percent think so. But I think that, I think all of the phases is just uh, marketing. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. And in my mind, in, in this continuity nerd's mind, I want to see them. I want to see a phase means an overarching story exactly through a bunch of movies. Phase one is making of the Avengers. Phase two is creating and fighting the Infinity War. And uh, so this would be phase three. Uh, but So they call it phase four. But it, what is it leading to? What is it about? What is the overarch? There's none, is there? No. What I want is I want... Uh, here's an example. I want... Oh, five to ten issues of an... Ep- of an different book maybe like an x-men and then some more of maybe like an x-factor and then some more of like some new mutants and then they all come together in like the extinction agenda or inferno or the fall of the mutants or something like that to where you get to see how each of these things are building in individual places and then they all come together and then that's your big movie yes yes And, and so it's like so yeah you can drop you have basically like gore as the mid-level boss or whatever and then you realize that you know it's eternity that you're fighting in the next one or it's one of the celestials that you're that you got a glimpse of in this when in the omnipotent place or whatever um oh as a matter of fact in the place where they fought the first uh, no the last time on the black and white world yeah, in the black and white world, in that big thing where eventually that portal opened up. Mm. Um, it was the head of a celestial. Well, it was the the effigy of a statue of the head of a celestial that cracked and was going to fall on the kids, and Thor showed up. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't eternal. I mean, that was. I don't think that was an eternal because it, it should have been the size of 
the Empire State Building, I suppose. Yeah. The head. But it was a statue of an eternal. A celestial. Thank you. I've, how many times did I say eternal? Just once or twice. The entire time. No. <laughs> just once or twice. It was a celestial. Yeah. So, so it wasn't a celestial celestial. It was an effigy or a statue of a celestial. And the head almost crushed all the kids until not a, not one of those kids ran. No. <laughs> Frozen. Every single one of them. No fight or flight in any of them. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Let me back you up to the phases. Yes. So we have the end of the Thanos story. And Hopefully. we and you're you're sitting in a room with Kevin Feige. <laughs> and you say, "You know what? The next thing we want to do with the Avengers is Kang." Mm. How do we get to that? And then you would say, "Well, Kevin, the uh phase 4 is going to be how we lead up to Kang, that would be my guess as to what you're doing. But it doesn't seem like that's how it's always planned. It just seems like, yeah, we've got some maybe independent ideas and we'll just go back to to movies about these characters that we've already established. And then we'll worry about what we're going to do next later because I don't know, is what it feels like (laughs) to me. So like every movie doesn't lead to Kang. No, because we but like, some, and there's no multiverse here, so that's been the big thing through from Loki to Doctor Strange to whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's none, there's no multiverse slash Kang stuff in in this in film, this which right. makes it feel lesser in the in the grand scheme of things because it's like, well, it may, it makes it feel to me like a like an Ant Man movie of the first two, to where it's like, well, do I need to see this one ultimately? Not really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't continue any big story. It's yeah. kind of, you know. And you know what would have helped me hmm. deal with Omnipotent City? Hmm. If every one of those gods were from an alternate uh, multiverse. Oh, interesting. Like if Bast would have been from a Wakanda, a Wakanda-rich um, reality, um, multiverse, uh, whatever. What do they call them? A variant. A or, variant. Uh, or... Just so many gods in that place, all crowded together, could have been because they're from different realities, rather than being all from this reality and different parts of this reality serving different god, different people. It could have been from different realities, and okay. they could have been gods of like two or three from each reality. So what about this? Say that Thor comes in and he's all dressed up, and everyone's. You know they're in their disguises like normal, and we get to see either Isis or uh, Bast or whoever, and it's someone that we are sort of familiar with. To where the whether it's like Isis has Moon Knight looking stuff on, or there's like Wakanda type things that are on Bast, mm-hmm. and then that person is sort of walking near Thor and company, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they go to sit down, they see that there's already one of them sitting there. Uh-huh. And then they're kind of like, they just kind of look at each other, and then Zeus comes out, and we go through the whole thing. So that way that there's like a nod to, there's something weird going on, but that's not what this story is about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that would make it feel like it's a piece of a greater whole. That, and, or, and or, 
have had gore actually going through and showing us him killing some of those gods. Oh, now isn't that a Reed Richards things? Isn't that what uh, isn't that what uh, the ultimate whatever was about? Wasn't uh, wasn't it evil Reed going through and like killing the multiverses? I don't think he was killing the multiverses. I think he was. I think he was plum, plundering. That. Oh, Maybe is that he was, what it was? Wiping them because was, the thing that was killing the multiverses were was the incursions. Oh, okay. So if it was if Reed if the evil Reed started the incursions, then that's one thing. Or well, I tell you what, that is that is not a way that I want him to be introduced though. Is this for me? What feels like it's only been around for like six months. This whole evil Reed thing is around where? Well, I'm just saying, like in the in either. Um, like when they ended the whole Ultimate Universe for in Marvel, uh-huh. and they had Reed be one of the the bad guys, mm-hmm. and then he's brought into the six one six, and he's the whatever the hell with the big helmet on his head. Yeah, the fixer. Yeah, um, and so I'm saying fixer? like, what if that was the way that they chose to introduce Reed? Oh, <laughs> instead of the real like quote unquote real Reed, I would be so <laughs> I would be so hot. Like I'm mad about it just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, in this movie, it could have been they could have just expanded it to the multiverse and had Borg going through other multiverses, killing gods. Yeah, and the reason I say that it's it's new is because in my mind, the end of the Ultimate Universe happened like a few months ago. You know what oh, I mean? In, like in, in the comic, comic form? Time. Yeah, in comic form. In the, in the Marvel time. Well, in I don't Marvel know. Time? I don't know about it in Marvel time. Just in like my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, that that was not oh. too long ago. If that, I looked at, if I were to look it up, it'd be like ten years ago or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it would just about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think ten years. Because not that's longer. that's the sort of thing that that's like the my argument against. Um, like I, I guess I don't really have a, a problem of taking Jason Aaron's some of his story ideas and then mashing two storylines into one movie. I don't necessarily have like a capital P problem with it as a whole, mm. but it's kind of like, yeah, but that just came out. <laughs> like there's been so many stories. Why are you picking this one? It's not like yeah. it's not like people are going to say, oh, it's the Jason Aaron story. Oh, well, now I'm going to go because before <laughs> I wasn't, you know, and it's like, well, I don't know why why do that if you're going to just smush them together yeah I don't know and I'm wondering if the necro sword wasn't Donny Cates mm. I didn't know that that was a thing I didn't know that that was real I was uh I was thinking oh so it's it's a it's not Dane Whitman's sword but it's sort of mm. <laughs> it's sort of the Black Knight sword but not really well they're in um uh, one of those big um, one of those recent crossovers events was the King in Black. Oh, okay. And that King in Black was the god of the symbiotes. Oh, so I I saw this in the trivia. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw that it was basically like it was something something related to the Venom symbiote. Yeah, the god of the symbiotes named Null, with a K. And mm-hmm. he had a silent K, I think. And he had um, a necro sword. He had the necro sword. I believe that's the, that's what he had. Okay. 
So that's all I got about that. I don't oh, know. I see, I see it now. Yeah, I don't know if it was meant to be a god killer. I don't know if Gore got a hold of it um, from Donnie and uh, Jason Aaron having a crossover between the two properties. Mm-hmm. That I don't, I don't remember. It, it's very well possible. Please write in and tell us where that goes or where that came from. Yeah, I see but here it says that the previous wielder of the Necro Sword implied to be Null, but not specifically named. Mm. In the movie? In the movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then they talked about Columbia Pictures owning the rights to the symbiotes so they couldn't name it Venom or Carnage or anything like that. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what that was that was that was for. But I want to see Gore doing something mm-hmm. with that sword rather than the first time he shows up with the sword is to snatch kids and threaten Thor. Mm-hmm. So that when he, so that when Thor goes to Omnipotent City, his, there would be more gravity to why he wants an army to help fight Gore. So him getting dismissed by Zeus was understandable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all Thor did was just snatch some kids, and he still has them all alive. And and the other thing he killed was um a big um so that was the Isad Ribic um oh image, right. right yeah 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 killed that big um god of the Falagar, this big dinosaur-looking thing. Yeah, that yeah, which Thor identified as Falagar, and so he was the god of the Falagarians, and that's where he finds Sif, who loses her, who lost her arm in mm. a battle. Yeah, that was another undercutting the, a moment with comedy. Yes, yes. Poor and, Jamie Alexander. I mean, she's been in what three of these four movies, and she just gets nothing to do. Is that, isn't that right? Because she had that repeated moment where she's where Loki's caught in the loop in the third yep. one. Yep. And yeah, she just I mean, she's she's genuinely good when she's not in this role because this role just gives her nothing. Nothing. No thing. <clears throat> one of the things that I wanted to make sure and mention, uh, and this is really quick, but it's uh who did Thor look like when he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, the dude from, um, you know, Jeff Bridges playing the dude. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, he did, but that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> when he's all fit and he's all fit and trim, uh huh. he is, uh, wearing Thunderstrike's outfit. That's so right. I didn't like Thunderstrike though. Oh, well, his name was, his it. first name was Eric. So I was like, oh, I like this guy. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> yes. That was when I first noticed that there, remember, I think either you showed me on Instagram or uh, I don't know where I saw it. If it wasn't you, um, him, Chris, Chris Hemsworth as Thor on set between the trailers and mm-hmm. the, on the lot. And he had those boots, mm-hmm. the, those leggings. And when I saw it in that picture, I noticed Oh, that's the Thor boots. That's like the that's the original Thor boots, and I didn't know he was wearing that in the movie anywhere until this viewing. Then I realized, oh, he's wearing them all throughout this first whole montage here. And then I did see that uh, his original costume is used in that little montage where he's growing up and running through the forest. Yes, like the yes. What, what still to me is like the real Thor 
costume. Uh, because I did not love this gold and blue situation. I know. It looked so cheesy. It did. I didn't love that. Um, one of the jo- one of the jokes that I didn't get until after the fact, which made me laugh when the movie was over, mm-hmm. uh, the character, Daryl Jacobson, played by Daly Pearson, cameos in the film. The character appeared in these other uh, movies by Taika Waititi. And... Let's see. That is not the thing I meant to read, Alan. Oh, well, try to read the thing that you meant to read, Eric. Well, I was looking. I saw the Daryl thing, and it was. Uh, it threw me off here. Let me find it. Oh yes, okay. At the end of the movie, Korg is revealed to meet a love interest, a Cronin yes. named Dwayne. Okay. Do you get this joke yet? No. As Cronins are living rock, a living rock race. This joke oh. is about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, <laughs> that's why he calls it Dwayne. I see. <laughs> Which I thought was really stupid, but also made me laugh when I saw the trivia. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'll laugh later, I think, probably. <laughs> well, it was one of those where I'm going through and I'm, uh, I'm looking at all these different things, like, this is based on Jason Aaron's Thor, and then you get this joke about The Rock. So, mm. uh, here's the other thing that you're also not going to like. <clears throat> oh. Prove it. Omnipotent City. Mm-hmm. There are a few other gods from Marvel Comics lore that we haven't talked about. A dragon from Tao Lo, from Shang-Chi, oh. is there. Okay. Uh, there is... Uh, Dumpling? There, yes. Uh, Yu Huang, the Jade Emperor, who is an enemy of Shang-Chi, was supposed to be there. Supposed to be? So well... Jade Murai, better known as Yu Huang. These are the ones that are listed, it says, amongst the gods in Omnipotent City. Mm. Are. And then we already mentioned uh, Bast. And then Mikaboshi, the Dread Star of Heaven, a Japanese god and villain, though he does nothing in the film, it says. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that what that uh, is in reference to. But So those are the, uh, those are the other three that we didn't point out. And but what did get pointed out now that we're on that is when they got there, Thor named Ra. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. He named Hercules. Mm. Then he said two. He, he said two names that um, I only can say Quetzalcoatl. Mm, yes. We know where that's from um, in South America. But the one that he also said was Tuma Tuega, something like that. I mean, bless Chris Hemsworth. He said it right, but <laughs> that's the best I'm going to do. Bless his heart. And um, and Zeus. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they were giving nods to these other gods too. But see, they're all Earth gods. <laughs> they are. That's my problem. They're all from Earth. One Earth. One little planet. Yeah, because it wasn't planet. like it wasn't like we saw um, the Phoenix or like. Shi'ar gods or the supreme intelligence right. or anything, you know, there wasn't like right. any of that kind of stuff. It was just Earth gods at Omnipotence City. So, so Omnipotence City is about Earth. Earth, then, yes, Earth only. It's just Earth. Uh, um, so, so tell me about tell me about the uh, the post credits. That Jane showed up in Asgard with Handal. What did you think about that? 
Well, it gives us it gives us the potential for Jane to do something again after her death. Um, but life after death in the Marvel in Marvel in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, cosmology, more more cosmology. <laughs> That's just nebulous and undefined, and it's like what you don't like about magic. Uh huh. Give me some rules. Yeah, and, and I think my problem was having her sacrifice herself, having a character actually pass away, and not having that character around anymore. Just leave it alone. Just mm. let it be a sacrifice, because now it's like, well, she's not really dead. She's in Valhalla, and then it's just like another form of being alive. And maybe you know, because she has her own thoughts still, and she's still conscious or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this, that, and the other thing. And so it's like, it reminds me a little bit of like, um, I've been reading uh, DC's Detective Comics during the, after the Rebirth stuff. Okay. And Tim Drake is killed early on in that Detective Comics run. Tim? Tim Drake? Tim? Tim Drake. Yeah. That was Robin. The Robin? Yeah. He's killed in oh, like shoot. Detective Comics, like the the fourth or fifth, whatever the numbering was, but the like the I want to say like the fourth or fifth um, issue. Was was Tom King writing that? No, it was James Tinian the fourth. James. And Eddie Barrows was the artist. Well, then, and it okay, looked. Okay, well, what happened? And so he. No, I know he didn't stay dead. He so could he. Not possibly so die. he dies, and you have spoiler takes it hard, his little girlfriend. Batman takes a hard. Batwoman takes a hard. The whole, the whole uh, Batman and the Outsiders, but it's just called, you know, Detective Comics because there's there was the reformed Clayface there, and um, it's just this whole like motley crew, mm-hmm. and they all take it really hard. But then the same issue that he dies, you see that he's not really dead. He's been swooped away by what at the time he thought was Ozymandias because of the whole Watchmen stuff, but then it turned oh. out to be uh, Jor-El with the whole Dr. Mm. Oz thing. They called him Dr. Mm. Oz, and then you think, oh, it's Ozymandias, how stupid, and then it was actually Jor-El pretending to be him. And then you're like, why, oh. the, why the frick are you bringing Jor-El back? Well. Uh, so anyway, so it just reminded me a little bit of that to where like the people in the monthly book think that Tim's dead. But mm-hmm. you know that he's not. So that death doesn't mean anything to you as an audience member. Mm-hmm. And so what I get was watching Jane is, yeah, the people that she sacrificed herself for appreciate the sacrifice. But as an audience, that's sort of like those edges are sanded off because you're like, well, she's here. So we could maybe see more of her doing something in Valhalla and trying to like explain it scientifically or what have you because she's this renowned scientist. And Although so was, all that went out the window when she was in Omnipotent City, though. Yeah, and so, that's true. And so I was like, well, what? So why, why even bother having her sacrifice herself? Like she couldn't, have, she could, she might as well have just been like cast away to a different dimension or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That's that's yeah. So where's Tony Stark? Is he in a Valhalla? Well, Tony Stark is supposedly dead, right? Well, so is Jane. So if what, Jane went to Valhalla, then where did Tony Stark go? Well, where's Steve? Well, Steve's old. Well, I mean, 
For me, F Tony Stark, give me Steve Rogers. <laughs> Steve didn't go anywhere. Steve went and lived his life and had some sons and showed back up at the at the site to to give the shield to uh, Sam. And then he went back to uh, his life that he built. Steve's all right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's that's sort of the the frustration that I have is it's like I get with IP is you don't want to be like definitive of saying oh Jane's dead she's never coming back mm. because you don't want to like go back on that I guess mm. but at the same time it's like just let the sacrifice like actually land and actually like be a sad thing you can be sad being sad is okay guys <laughs> like you can be <laughs> sad for a bit and then get over it well, not for this PG thirteen movie ah oh, man it just seems like it, this was just so middle of the road and so like trying to be a little bit of everything that it just turns out to be kind of a mess even though there's like i told my wife there are things that i really liked about it and i was going to tell you and i'll just tell everyone now that uh she was the only one out of the three out of me and my kiddo and her that went to the theaters to see it mm. now, i don't know if this is a hemsworth effect or what well, I mean, could you imagine that on the big screen? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. I know that she saw that trailer piece where the, the clothes come off. <laughs> and so I don't know if that was enough of a draw, but I think she went with uh, some of her girlfriends to see it. So I don't know. Sure. Give it, give it to us like three stories tall. Yeah, just like the uh, the Zeus's uh, serve, or their, the maids or whatever. His yeah. servants. <laughs> all of them. Everybody yeah. on the platform. Not and they were just, all upset like, when his clothes came back on. Yeah, well, the, yeah, we only saw the girls upset, but the men even fell out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In fact, when the men fell out, we got an upskirt shot on the men. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the I do like the little bit of uh, Valkyrie's not uh, not mad about him losing his clothes, mm -hmm. and, but then also has to kiss the girl's hand as she leaves. Valkyrie is by right. I'm like, go, go on, Tessa Thompson. Right. You you. Valkyrie likes them all. Mm -hmm. She sees Thor looks good. But so when when Zeus's people fainted, does that mean that Thor has some kind of endowment? Well, of course that does. Yeah, of course, of course, that's the implication. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I see. Mm -hmm. PG-13, huh? PG-13. Well, then they could have shown some blood, and they could have left Jane dead then. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They could have showed, uh, you know, some kids that maybe got crushed by a building or something. Well, no. Or their family. The or the they family, could have then. Dead, they could have shown some dead parents, give me, Yeah, give me a kid that that uh, is saved, and the parent can't make it out. Yeah. And well, That's the origin story of that kid's uh, villain, <laughs> villain story. If half, yeah, if half of the um, warriors died, then some of those warriors had to be some of those kids' parents. Yeah. How much do you think that Darcy made for her uh, 30 seconds of work? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she gets and paid scale, so it's a couple thousand dollars, I would think. Rent, at least. Yeah. <laughs> she got paid enough for rent that month. Mm -hmm. But w what was her purpose? Did she motivate Jane to do something that Jane didn't wasn't going to do? Anyway, I think her purpose was called exposition <laughs> to where that way we get Jane can talk about her illness with somebody. Mm hmm. That was it. Yeah. Well, in the comics, Jane also did succumb. It was the same problem that was in the movie that Jane's body would would not be able to fight off the infection 
or uh, the cancer when she was when she was Thor. Hmm. So when she was Thor, she was Thor. She wasn't weak Thor. She wasn't. She was Thor. Thor. Uh-huh. And when she became Jane again, her cancer would have spread because while she's Thor, there's nothing going on in her body, and and Jane's body that is fighting off the cancer cells. So every so the longer she stays Thor, the more the cancer progresses in her in Jane's body, and eventually, um, that last battle was about. It was Ulick the troll inside the execution armor, I think. Oh, okay. Really tearing shit up in Asgard and was going to end it again. And Thor was fighting with his black arm, I guess, and, and, and Stormbreaker. And Jane needed to show up with uh, Mjolnir. Oh, actually, no. She she had a she had a hammer that wasn't Mjolnir. Mjolnir was already thrown in the sun. Oh, you know what? Here's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is another problem I've got with 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 the Thor of the comics as well mm-hmm. as the as the cosmology in the six one in the MCU. There's so many moving pieces that have to do with the mythology. But it was supposed to be Ragnarok again, was it? Oh, Jason Aaron, I'm sorry, I'm not doing your story any any justice whatsoever. But Jane showed up again, and it was the final straw for her. I mean, Thor, Jane Thor showed up, final straw for her when she let the hammer go. I think she gave it to Thor at that point, or or it had to. No, she didn't. She didn't give it to Thor. Then she died in Thor's arms, and mm. then something happened. And it must have been Asgard magic or Odin, maybe, that said, no, she's too worthy. She can't be. We can't let her just go like this. And they, it looked like it reversed all her cancer and just sent her back to Earth with like a short, short haircut or something. So I and should look at... She's still alive now in the MCU being Valkyrie. Okay. So I should look at Thor by Jason Aaron, the complete collection. I just paused it all for you. Oh, that's okay. I can still read it, though. Yes, and then you can tell me what why Jane had to go to that last battle and sacrifice her life. But that got me. That got me, got me, got me, got me, got me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to see this again. This is not good. This is sad. This is horrible. But it's real. And this movie did not give me that. Well, here's part of the, the confusion, let alone you know the different hammers and the different um versions of thors and what have you because there's like the unworthy thor and all that right yes but we have so we have thor by jason aaron the complete collection volume one issues one through 18 then if i go to thor by jason aaron the the complete collection volume three issues one through 19 then if i go through uh, volume 5, Thor by Jason Aaron, The Complete Collection, Volume 5, Issues 1 through 16. <laughs> so they're, they're all different issues, but they're all mm-hmm. different series also. So just to, yeah. lo- just to look it up through my Hoopla, which is my library's uh, digital comics where I can borrow, I think, uh, four a month. Um, mm-hmm. And just through looking at that, it's like, if they wouldn't have put this Thor by Jason Aaron, The Complete Collection, how the hell are you supposed to be able to navigate what's when and where yeah and how is it a complete collection if there's another collection yeah with there's five of them of, 
There's and five volumes all of it. Altogether, that would be the complete collection, maybe. Yeah, it won. Under, this it fifth, won this fifth one is 500 pages, so it's many thousands of pages, I would think. This is this yeah. fifth one is uh, him and Mike Del Mundo, so that must be the end of it. Because it so came they, out in 22. Are they saying the complete collection, part one, part two, part three, yeah, part well, four? Well, they, they just say volume five, so I think that's the same as part one, part two. Okay. Okay, it so starts, it, is the complete it starts with him and uh, Isad Rebic is where it starts. So that's... Okay. Uh, yeah, and then part two has got... It looks like it's got uh, Jane on the cover as Jane Thor. Yeah, because when she was Thor, it was still Thor. Okay. <laughs> the book was still called Thor because she was Thor. There was no Jane Thor. I keep throwing Jane Thor in for the sake of the listeners. Yeah, but it was but, Thor. And then I'm just I'm just looking at like the the titles of the books. So it's like Unworthy Thor, Mighty Thor, Generations Unworthy and Mighty Thor, Mighty Thor. <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. 1 through 5, 22, 23, 700 to 706. It's like how <laughs> completely inaccessible is this to a new reader it's unbelievable yeah <laughs> yeah because they keep starting over with one with number one yeah and that that's completely a, a, a money thing absolutely their their um their logistics their their um whoever counts the beans um they have documented that every time there's a number one out on the stands they get a bump in sales. Mm. So they keep starting over these volumes and they started over with a number one. And then down the line, they then stamp legacy number as if they never did. Right, right, right. And then the legacy number will tell you what actual number this issue is from the very first issue that they ever printed to this one now. So if people want to, to mock me, this is uh, 2023 when we're recording this in March, and I am listening to podcasts in 2017, the fall, and they just yeah. and they just did the Marvel Legacy um, like sort of one shot preview of of trying to return to existing characters, like they were bringing Wolverine back, and Dan Slott's going to end his Spider Man run, and Nick Spencer's going to take over soon. Um, and I started reading the Nick Spencer uh, Spider-Man, Alan. Uh huh. And I, yes. I, uh, it's where he is roommates with Boomerang, is where I'm at. Yes. So that's where Ooh, I'm at. That and it's uh, it's kind of fun so far. Like it's, it's fun. It's it light, fun, and goofy, but... and silly, and it's it's kind of fun. Yes. And Ryan Otley's really good. So yes, I'm all having that, a good time. Yes, I agree with you with all that. But uh. Ugh. The character of Boomerang, Uh I have found so tiring. (laughs) And always that kind of character. Deadpool, for Uh instance. Yeah. That kind of character that's always just pissing everybody off and always running off at the mouth and doing so many irresponsible things. Just fuck everything up all all the time. All the time. And the hero has to pull it together and find the way through the, the fuck-ups that this character made, who's not so much a villain, but just a side character who never seems to have an ounce of insight into their own behavior. I, I it, They wear me out. Those characters wear me out. Boomerang yeah, it's like they don't ever take a breath. Me out. Yeah. 
They don't ever take a breath. They don't ever uh, seem to like exist. They're only there at a 10 all the time to annoy other people. Now, yeah, you'll find that that boomerang and um, Nick Spencer managed to give him some dimensions outside of just that presentation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just wasn't enough for me. Oh, I remember where I'm at. So I just, uh, I read the free comic book day issue and mm-hmm. I found out like Kingpin is the mayor of New York. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man and um, isn't it Robbie's kid? And then Boomerang are living together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's where is Robbie is Robbie's kid dating in in what you're reading? Uh, I, they haven't mentioned that yet. I the I think I only read the free comic book day one and then the uh, the first issue because it ended with um, the lizard being a professor that okay. Peter was supposed to attend, and I'm like, because I don't know, just listening to different podcasts, I was like, wait a minute, I thought that Peter was like had his own, was a CEO of his own company and all this, and I was like, I don't know what that's about, I'm just going to ignore it. Because, it's true. Because now he's in it's college true. again somehow, and I'm like, well, right. whatever. No, it's true. It's true, he was. The operative word there is was. <laughs> okay, well, I'll figure it out when I get to it, I guess, or when I get to the reviews of it, I guess. Yeah, somewhere in the, in the writing, it might be explained, but when they make those shifts to a new writer... Mm-hmm. And they started off with number one. They make big changes in his life as well. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to keep reading to catch up with what, well, why is this different now? What happened? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, is there anything that you want to recommend to me, Alan, since I'm on my, I'm on my hoopla, I've got two more to go uh, for the month of March. Is there anything that you've been reading that has been something that you've been enjoying? Oh, do you have to stay in two, in 2017? No. Well, then get on board with um, Krakoa, man. Oh, I do have to what get. I do have to finish all the X. I'm re, I'm like on. Uh, I'm in like issue like 12. I'm like right around the Mojo stuff for the X Men Gold and Blue. <laughs> it's what? Like, it's like 2017. It's not 2017. It's X-Men Gold and Blue? Yeah. 2017-2018. It is, I swear. Oh, oh okay. I, I can even imagine the font. Because there's going to be an X-Men Red, right? Yeah, because there'll be an X-Men Red, and then after okay. a little bit is when they start doing the Krakoa stuff, right? No. They're oh. gonna, you're going to have X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, and Gold, or whatevers. And then you're going to have the Age of X-Men. Oh. X-Men? Like Nate Gray X-Men? Yes. Boy, I got a bunch of those issues if anyone wants to buy those off of me. I and think I, had, I used to read the okay. shit out of that. <laughs> and it, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't enjoy it one page. And I still kept getting it. <laughs> no, I got the impression that the X-Men Golds and Blues and Red, yeah, I think they keep going until the age of X-Men. Okay. And, then, and then all the titles are... In a shared universe, which so is it does, the it does basically Age of Apocalypse type stuff to where it stops the numbering and goes to its own thing. I believe so, okay. and I, and they may be called a different title too. The title might change. Yeah, and that they, would make sense. The title might change, and then it begins with then those when those end when that ends when that that event ends, then it's Hotspots. 
I oh, mean, okay. that's House of X. Yeah. Powers, Powers of, X. of X. And that's the Hickman stuff, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of nervous about the Hickman stuff because I really like the ideas that he has, but I don't ever know if I connect with him emotionally as much as I want to. Yes. So here's here's the saving grace for that. He launches and he writes House of X, Powers of X. But then they start to bring in and build the team in the X uh, line. And all those writers that will be taking over books and leading those titles forward all communicate with one another like it was the old days. Uh. And they all have um, passion for Mm. the titles that they're writing. So it moves away from Hickman's ideas and fleshes them out individually in their own um, title. Okay, well, as long as, as long as we're getting some uh, some character study stuff. Yes. Oh, heck yes. Well, but I'm all, all, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Well, all right. Well, anything else about uh, where we're at in the MCU with Thor, Love, and Thunder? Yeah, this was a this was a entry in the MCU that I don't know what it positions us for. Mm-hmm. What it did for the overall story arc of Kang and the Infinity War. Not the Infinity War. What is it? Secret Wars to come. Oh, Secret Invasion? Um, Secret Invasion? No. No, not that. Because that's going to be on Disney Plus uh, as a series. The Kang Dynasty is the thing they're building towards. And then Secret Wars, right? Yeah. Yes. But that's like in 2026 or whatever. So who knows? And the Secret Wars are, I don't believe it's going to be, I'm sorry, everybody, but I do not believe it's going to be the Hulk holding a big mountain over. <laughs> I want to see Doctor Hulk. Doom, and I want to see his clothes all ripped up. And you want to see Magneto <laughs> trying to wine and dine the Wasp? Uh, nope, I'm not big on the Wasp's uh, actress, so no thanks. Well, we're not going to, uh, I don't think that's going to be Secret War. I think the Secret War... Of, of the movie is going to be taken from Hickman's Secret Wars. Oh, okay. And Hickman's Secret War had very much to do with the incursions that oh. were destroying universes. And we've already got a glimpse of incursions with the word incursion. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that's going. Plus Kang. Kang messing with um, the multiverse and eliminating multiverses. I think all of that is going to be squished together for the MCU and probably, you know, conflated one and, uh, with each other. Maybe we'll find out that Kang is behind the the the, the inversion. What is it? Incursions. What I just call Incursions. <laughs> <laughs> Mead! Yep. The only inversions was uh, Fantastic Four's uh, own Mr. Fantastic. He got himself inverted by old uh, Wanda Maximoff. Yes, but um, it, when they when it's time to, so uh, that feels like it should be phase. What are we in? <laughs> We're in four. And okay. The, and but, it starts phase five with uh, with the recent uh, Ant Man movie. What? Ah, there we go. There it is. Okay, so now that feels better because if because I saw the Ant Man movie and what I know about it, what I saw, how it unfolded, makes me think that's the beginning of a good 
movie long story arc to end up with um secret wars i can believe okay. that okay well that seems like where they're going this uh this phase four overall has been a little on the bumpy side because yes it's I been agree. this multiverse and and not real clear direction wise and it's like you knew you were coming off of Endgame, and you knew you were finishing this big Thanos story, and you gotta have something loaded and ready to go for that. Like we had all this connected stuff, so if we're going to not have it be connected, then don't have it be connected. And if you're gonna build to something, then you gotta build to something in everything. I would think. Mm. So yeah, so far it's just the Loki series feels connected to Ant Man, and that. It's going to lead to um, Secret Wars. Well, then you got WandaVision connected to Doctor Strange, connected to multiverse stuff. Yeah, but for that... Oh, and that's where you get the incursions. That's where you get the word incursions. Okay, all right. Okay. But it's not not related to, like, Captain America 4 with Sam Wilson. True. You know, and Oh, well, we don't know. Well, that's true. But it would be tough to see... Like, it would be tough to see Sam... You know, with his uh, his new little buddy as Falcon, and then all of a sudden there's a second Sam somewhere or whatever. It'd be like, what the fuck? This is not the same tone. This is not yeah. like that's all grounded militaristic stuff. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Ha, again, bring us in. Bring yeah, really. us in. <laughs> we can shepherd this stuff and make something coherent out of it all. I promise you. That's right. What do you think? I've been doing this for forty years. Let me ask you this: since you're, uh, since I got you here, what do you think about James Gunn taking over DC? I don't care. <laughs> Until the movies come out, or you just don't care because you don't have a connection to those characters. I don't have any connection to those characters. Oh, okay. I don't have any skin in the game. They are um, fun to watch, uh-huh. and in all their incarnations. And I will enjoy that. Um, so, I I feel like James Gunn is going to infuse it with something that's unique and fun. Uh-huh. But um, I tried to watch his Suicide Squad and could not. Mm, okay, I haven't seen that. Because as soon as the first hit exploded, I was the fuck out. <laughs> well, he is. He so does have a horror background, so that's not super surprising to me that he went gory. But if he's going to do that with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, then I will be, again, the fuck out. <laughs> I think that uh, what I wrote here in my notes was how... Because I th- I feel like Thor is the most DC of all of the characters uh, that Marvel does. What do you mean? Uh, because, do you mean? because DC does scope and spectacle. And Marvel, to me, does grounded in realism. And oh, like I always felt Marvel does emotion and DC does big multi, you know, multiverses and um it's more like uh what if type stories even though that's not yeah. branded as what ifs. So, but like Earth 2 and Yeah, Earth, your, and even Earth. like the Else Worlds and what have you. I just feel like there's a lot more grand schemes going on at dc traditionally than marvel to where marvel's about here's a kid from queens that just happened to be bit by a spider kind of a thing mm-hmm. um, I see you. and then i i, I like that and so this with it being norse mythology and and all of this confusing sort of 
spectacle. It, yeah, it makes me think of it makes me think of Shazam. It makes me think of Superman. It makes me think of like uh, don't don't think about it too hard because it won't make a ton of sense kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and so that's what that's what I think is that you know Marvel does Marvel does character first, and that's sort of like their calling card. And Phase Four for me has been a little less into character. And like this one with it being like, oh, we're so determined to be comedic, but like I've said on almost every episode of Phase 4, everybody has the same comedic tone and style, and it drives me crazy. And here we had Mjolnir looking at Thor, and or uh, Stormbreaker, or Stormbringer, whatever it is. Um, Breaker. Breaker, looking Break. at... I thought Breaker. Okay, looking at uh, Thor, because Thor's been sort of like trying to get Mjolnir back, right? And so we had those little comedic beats, and we had the early moments with uh, Star-Lord doing his most Star-Lordy stuff, and <laughs> Thor and Thor sort of trying to get into his eyeline and that kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I felt like, combined with the same comedic tones that we've been getting, and then a big spectacle type of a movie, this felt more DC, except for, you know, it's not grim and gritty, um, like Zack Snyder tried making DC... But it just felt more like what I would think a DC film is going to be as opposed to what Marvel has been, where Marvel's more about realism and character and emotion. And this should have been that, but it was kind of a swing and a miss in that area. So you're not going to like the DC stuff if James Gunn does that? No. And so like the DC stuff that I've liked has been what I thought was the more of a Marvel approach with the Nolan Batman stuff to where it's like, this is just a dude. Mm -hmm. This is just a guy that he's got to train himself really well. And he's got a, he's got this other guy that just beats his ass and he just, (laughs) he just can't beat this dude. Like, I love that sort of stuff Mm. to where it's like, and I think it's part of it is because, um, you know, growing up and then for a profession for almost 15 years, I was in the golf industry and Mm -hmm. It was a thing where it's like there was there's always somebody that's better than you. And right. no matter how much you practice or in, in comics versions, no matter how much you train, there's always somebody that is better at what you're doing because they've been doing it longer or they've had better opportunities or they're just more skillful than you are. And so you're still having to like always strive and prove yourself. Mm. And that's what draws me to Marvel is like, Spider-Man can't beat up the Hulk. Don't give me this bullshit about him trying to beat up the Hulk, right? Like that kind of a, a mentality. And I like the idea of the, uh, like I keep harping on, of Captain America always having to try to prove himself. Even mm. though he's the super soldier, his mentality is the, I can do this all day, runt that got kicked out and was not accepted to the military, you know, yeah. to the army. And so I like... I like that mentality to where I don't see a lot of that in in DC, right? Like, yeah. that's all, we're gods, and we're an alien, and we're this woman from a race that you don't know about, or whatever. Yeah, I see what you mean. Or we're magic, you know. So James Gunn might bring the Guardians of the Galaxy sensibility to it. Yeah, and that's that's okay because it was different right because it was comedic and because i don't know like you get these people that you didn't really give a shit about i guess when i think about the guardians leading up to the first movie it's like nobody knew who that was so it was just like a 
kind of a flyer on this. We know that it's Marvel, but we don't know these characters. Um, and so I don't know. I just think that if I think that he's a good filmmaker, but I don't know if his tone really fits what I like the best. Oh, I see. It's okay. the long and short of it. So the Guardian, now the Guardians of the Galaxy was great for me because, well, the first one <clears throat> was great for me because it was so different in tone and it was steady that way, mm-hmm. but it wasn't overly, it wasn't overly comedic and it had, it just, it, 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 it told the line real well for me. Like the balance throughout the whole thing for me was good. Uh-huh. This one, Love and Thunder, went a little bit too much not even a little bit went too much into the comedic and did not balance very well with the drama of it for me you know the the movie that i'm looking forward or the show that i'm looking forward to the most though don't you it has it hasn't hasn't started shooting yet but it uh has been announced in for disney plus the daredevil (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) absolutely that is my stuff (laughs) and speaking of daredevil i believe uh we will see him next episode for that correct because uh isn't he uh, doesn't he have a cameo or something in she hulk you don't want me to spoil this for you. Oh, I believe I saw that. I saw Charlie Cox was on something in related to She-Hulk, so it's got to be this. It's got to be this. Okay. Confirmed. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else about Thor four? Thor Love and Thunder. I I I want to call it four. Just four. four four Thor four. Um. Nothing else, sir. Okay. So. If you have any comments for the show, you can email me at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank Mr. New Mutant for coming on. If people wanted to hear more from you or get in touch with you or purchase something from you, where could they do that? You can join my Patreon and start reading my version 2022, The Power Principle, which is going to be the last version. The definitive version. It'll be, yes, it'll be the Ultimate Collection, uh, Volume 8, 9, and 10. <laughs> Each one <laughs> restarting with number one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is www.patreon.com backslash the power principle. Come on! $3 is the comic. Um, by the time you may hear this, you, you, you might have two or three full issues to read for the same $3 mm. that my... My rider dies joined on day one, and they've been supporting me um, for three dollars to read the comic, um, five dollars to get the behind the scenes, six dollars to get some digital um, gifts, mm-hmm. and eight dollars to get a cameo oh. in these pages, which uh, which Mr. Williams can tell you very well. I place you in the comic in context with your name. Doing some stuff in a uh, idealized version of yourself as well. Eric, you have abs. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry to tell you, they're they're there, they're there. <laughs> I got to get back. It's it's winter time still, Alan. I got to get back on my uh. I got to get on my concrete <laughs> bod. Get, get 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 that concrete on. Get it on. I just got to keep watching the the, uh, the omnipresent city or whatever the hell, the omnipotent city. I just got to keep <laughs> watching that and that scene to uh, for motivation. That'll do it. 
Put it up on the wall. <laughs> just screenshot it. Yeah, I'm sure my wife will not think that that's she odd of me. Yeah. She She'll look at it. So, anyway, all right. Well, thank you for listening, and you can join me next week as Alan and I discuss She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm.